right, you're on. Okay, hello, my name is Mahalia Hodge, and today on the Cleo Podcast, we are talking about Cleo the horse. And if I had to say one thing about Cleo, is that her cuteness is overboard. But, but... Really, Mahalia, tell me a little bit more about this uh, Cleo horse that you speak so highly of. Well, first off, I met her maybe about a year ago, but I don't know, when did I start going to Double J? September? October? Uh, it was around that time, yes. Okay, then I'm soon to be having my one-year anniversary. Wow, that's pretty interesting there. Yeah, it really is. Wow, and what do you like most about Cleo? She's nice, really nice. Really? Yeah, she doesn't really like other people, though. She's kind of picky about people. Really? Yeah. But doesn't she bite? No. What? You're crazy. She's she's not ever bitten anybody? She might have. Oh. Okay. Well, well, tell me about if you were to own Cleo, what would you do with her every day? Let her out to grace for at least 10 hours. 10 hours? She deserves it. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. That Welcome to Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Well, did you enjoy your Black Friday? <laughs> did you buy plenty of merchandise out there? <laughs> Man, I tell you, look. I have hated shopping on Black Friday for a long time, y'all. Um, I mean, one, the crowds. And you think an extrovert would want crowds and would want to be around folks that are out there doing the thing. But at the end of the day, I was just like, nah, nah, son. Um, <laughs> or daughter. You know what I'm saying? Nah, son or daughter. Because, I, I don't know. Here's the, here's the thing. Um, so much has turned into this materialistic really race for material gain and it just seems when capitalism turns into like i don't know it's like on steroids and crack and it's like squared and then multiplied and divided over and then with the current socio-political era i don't know there's a lot going on with that and so i do i struggle with um come to terms with just you know, getting deals. I mean, I know a few years ago there was a boycott, you know, with the whole Mike Brown thing and everything. And, you know, there's always somebody staging something, but it's just, it's, for me, it's part of the worst. I mean, the holidays are great. Robin Espinosa said something really great. Uh, we had them on the show not too long ago. If you haven't heard that episode, please go and hear that. But Robin said, posted uh, a really interesting post about how basically the holidays that they love the holidays and they love the family, the get together, the community, but the despise or almost really hate all the materialism that comes out of this. And that's really, <laughs> that's honestly, that's exactly where I'm at. And so, um, if you're listening to this and it's, you know, newly recorded, we've just come out of the Thanksgiving holiday. If this is, you know, first time you're listening to profane faith, uh, welcome. Great to have you. I'm your host, Daniel White Hodge. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, you may be listening to this, maybe the 4th of July and you just found this podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, I just never heard a better podcast and this is great. And why are you talking about Black Friday? It's 4th of July. <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, that's the thing. The reality of it is, is that we're always, we're always surrounded by consumer mentality, right? We're always surrounded by the sense of, you know, buy more, buy more, get more, get more, you know, um, you know, don't, don't, uh, back down off your spending. Don't back down off your, um, you know, your consuming. And I don't know, I just have some, some issues with, <laughs> with that. And here's the thing. I'm not going to sit up here like, oh, I, I don't buy. Look, man, I am talking to you on gear that I have bought. Okay. We're all consumers. 
um, I just think the hyperness of it, you know, and just the, you know, I want to outdo this person or I want to outdo that person. I think it just, it takes on a different venue when you start involving, um, the consumer mentality and really just the, the gluttony that goes into shopping. Um, you know, the crowds, I mean, a lot of us have seen the videos right on YouTube. If you haven't just type in, you know, black Friday, you know, um, fights and you'll pull up all kinds of stuff on, on YouTube and you know, it'll be there and it's just be crazy. So anyways, all that to say, I had a really good Thanksgiving holiday and it was great because I feel like for so much of, of both Emily and I in our relationship, we have struggled just in our own family relationship. So what do we do? Well, we have created family. And so we have a get together here at our house every year. We have had that probably almost about since we got married. I throw down no offense to any of the vegans and vegetarians and all those, the pescatarians, all those folks that are out there. No offense to y'all, but hey, straight up. <laughs> I love me some meat. And so I threw down with a brisket. Oh yeah. Big 15. And actually it was 18 pounds. It was 18 pound brisket, uh, turkey. I had a ham. I had tenderloin, man. I threw down y'all. I threw down, I throw down every year. I get on that smoker and throw down. And so I was very thankful to hang out with friends. Um, and just, you know, I mean, we need each other. We need each other as people of color, as allies to just come together and just have a chance to really just, you know, fellowship, I love fellowship and I love coming together and talking and, 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 and communing and, you know, mourning some loss and really just engaging in that. And we had an amazing crowd at our house. We had like 25, 28 people at our house. And it was just amazing. Uh, and of course, as you know, we had some good libations pouring out. So that was always good. Some, you know, um, <laughs> Dr. Jim Bean and, uh, <laughs> um, um, What's your other boy? Uh, we had some Bacardi. Uh, you know, that's 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 always good stuff that, you know, that, that, that comes out. Right. You know, what I'm saying so. Hey, in moderation, in moderation, all sincerity. I don't I don't get drunk. I have a couple that I'm good. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not driving because you know, especially if I'm driving, I don't drink. And I do a lot of that. One, because alcoholism runs in my family. And number two, I got a kid. Speaking of my kid, <laughs> which brings me to my point after five minutes in, um, <laughs> I would to this week is a special episode with my daughter, Mahalia Joy White Hodge. I am excited. She's been begging me to come on the podcast. She's been down here sometimes when I'm recording. She sees the equipment. She's, you know, she, um, uh, you know, she gets on the microphone sometimes and she's just like, dad, when are you going to have me on? <laughs> So I was like, wait, at first I was like, man, I ain't gonna have you on, man. But then I was like, oh, wait, 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 this, this is something. Cause here's the thing. I mean, I, you know, I, you, you, you know, me, you know, you know, part of my research area is, 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 is investigating and studying, um, young people. And, and, and I would say that this generation, man, the stuff they're dealing with at seven, eight, six, I mean, you say, oh, well, Dan, that's, that's almost every generation. Right. But this is the first generation, at least that we know of in human history, that is dealing with this, you know, going back to capitalism. Well, a lot of that is piped through media. A lot of that is piped through the devices that we have. Um, a good book for this, if you haven't read it, um, is Craig Detweiler's I Gods. I mentioned Craig last week in last week's podcast at the beginning as somebody who's a mentor, a friend, a former professor of mine. And now we're just we get to hang out. But he wrote a really good book called I Gods. Um, and it really looks at this aspect of technology, not taking and saying, oh, we need to throw away all our devices and they're all demonic and devil. No, 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 no. But we have to be able to have a critical stance and we just can't consume everything. And these kids have been there's a lot of kids that consume a lot. And so it's 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 not just about as being a parent. And I want to talk more about this a little bit later, especially after my, my conversation with Mahalia. But, you know, being a parent is so much more about engaging with what they're in, what, what they're going in through right now. Right. And so it's not just about being a dad and showing up and, you know, paying the bills, all that kind of, you know, hyper masculine stuff that, you know, goes into manhood and, and of course, fatherhood. Um, it's much more than that. It's much more than that. It, and when I think about quote unquote, protecting my child and not as a man would protect his whole family, but just as a parent, there's so much more I'm dealing with. Yes, there's the physical bullies, but then there's all the virtual ones that are sending her messages about who she should be as a young lady, who, how she should act, how she should talk, how her hair should be, what the clothes she should wear, how she should think, how her eyes should look, how she, her voice should sound. I mean, all these messages are being bombarded to our children. 
really on a 24 hour basis. Um, and again, I'm not against technology. I mean, right now, I mean, you know, I'm doing a podcast. I'm on the Internet. I tweet. I'm, I'm in, involved with it. But again, moderation. What does that look like? And that's difficult, right? Because it's like when you hear that ding, when you hear that, ding, you know, then when that new email comes in or if you, you know, God forbid, right, you're beefing with somebody online and then you see the next thing, you know, notification pop up. Those things can drag you down. And, you know, she's at a ripe and tender age of 10, although this this week coming up, she turns thir- uh, 11, 13. <laughs> she's, like, Damn, she's skipping three years, man. She's a cyborg. <laughs> um, uh, but no, she turns 11 this week. And uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to you know, put this podcast out this week with her, um, this episode with her. And also just to talk, man, just it's again, it's challenging to be a, be a, a parent these days, uh, a father, a mother, uh, non-gender binary. I, I can't even imagine, you know, trying to raise kids, you know, when you got, I mean, it, it's already hard enough being an inter-ethnic couple, having a kid that, you know, skin is darker, hair is nappy. It's right. I mean, so add all those other things in media, gender stuff, sexual orientation. I mean, you've got, you got an interesting time right now that we're, we're, where we're at, especially, you know, uh, where we're at sociopolitically. So, I figured, man, let's, uh, you know, lighten it up a bit <laughs> this week um, and have a little conversation with my daughter. So my daughter born in uh, California, she's a California native and um, I love her to death. We uh, do daddy daughter dates every Friday, um, unless I'm out of town on those Fridays, but pretty much every Friday we're going out. I pick her up from school um, and then like sometimes, well, let me back up even more. So she's really into horses. And here's the thing. You say, horses, man, you bougie, ain't you? No, 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 no. Check it out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So here's the thing. About two, uh, so we tried all the, the, the you know, the sports, right? We went through soccer, basketball. We went through um, uh, hockey. We even did hockey, y'all. We had been, yeah, brother out there in hockey, okay? I don't know nothing about no dang hockey, but we tried it. You know, we tried it all. We tried that, uh, tennis. We tried, uh, man, we're trying to think about it, gymnastics, um, but in 2016, she was watching the Olympics and she's always kind of been into horses, but I just figured, oh man, it's just like one of those kid things, right? You know, you go through a phase where you go oh, horses, right? Nope. She saw the, she saw the, 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 the people who ride the horses jumping them. She's like, that's what I want to do. And I'm like, um, that's not how we roll here at the White Hodge house, right? Cause horses are damn expensive y'all. Woo. <laughs> but my daughter, she was just like, I'm going to find a way. This is what I love about it. She is tenacious. She doesn't stop. She will keep going. She will keep moving. She will find a way. Now, before you get all up and do, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yes, that's absolutely great. And I don't want to squelch that, but it's about directing that. Yes, that energy. Because it doesn't always go in the <laughs> in the favor of the parents, right? So we worked through it and everything. She started a business. Yes, she did. She started a business. Paws and claws. She walks and sits pet, sits for pets. Um, in fact, this Thanksgiving weekend, we had a dog over, um, Dakota. We were watching several other pets. And so she has been making some money because we were like, look, we can't pay for everything. But if you want to go half, so it's the half of the money that she makes goes through goes to her horse riding. And then we'll pitch in the other half. And so she has a private lesson on Mondays. She goes in a little early to help. And, and, and oftentimes on Fridays, we'll go out and she likes to just help. She likes to just be there for like hours on end, like just helping out at the horse stables. She knows all the horses names. She rides at a place called Double J. Um, it's outside the city. So, mm, yeah, well, that, that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> you know, going to the suburbs. But no, but, you know, suburbs are changing. But nonetheless, this is a real suburb. And so um, it's always a challenge, you know, going out there. But all that aside it's great because she has found a passion that she's excited about and you know uh that's great because man you know uh it, you know sometimes it takes a while i mean i know for me growing up it was football uh, i did a little track a little basketball but really football was the thing that sustained you know kept me busy um you know through my school time and this seems to just be she's just consumed with it and so it's been a great thing and so i wanted to bring her on here so a lot of the interview is about horses if you can imagine that uh, and so I was just, you know, I was just like, man, what can we talk about? And just, I mean, she just, you know, the conversation just, just goes on. And as you'll see, and it's a really good conversation. I didn't keep it, you know, it's not the normal hour long conversation. We kept it short 20 minutes or so. 
But I wanted to give you an, you know, you're getting all the, if you are, if you've been listening to this podcast, you, you got it all. You've got me, you got my story, you've got my wife, and now you're getting my daughter. So you've got, you've got, I'm putting it all out there, y'all. So this is my daughter, Mahalia Joy White Hodge. Uh, at this time of recording, she's 10, she'll be 11 here in a few days. And just listen to the conversation. Just listen to why, you know, her processing, her thinking. Um, and, and then after we're done with that, I want to come back and just kind of summarize that. And just particularly as a man who I feel is kind of integrated and conscious about, you know, issues of women. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's always a challenge. Every day is a challenge to raise a young woman in, in this world, particularly in the time that we're living in right now. And so, um, I'm extremely proud of her. Um, she just starred in the, a play y'all. Yeah, I know. I'm just proud daddy moment. She was, uh, she started in uh, Shrek the musical and she was donkey. <laughs> and so man, she threw down on that. It was great. Um, and, you know, she's just got a great spunky personality. I love it. You know, like I said, you got to got to got to got to bridle it and, and, and help focus it. But you know what? It's been getting better. We've both developed in our relationship. And so, again, I just wanted to have her on. And after she you know, made her pitch, I was like, yeah, of course you should be on. So as I always say, without any further ado, here is my daughter, Mahalia Joy White Hodge. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. I am in down here in the lab, profane face in the house, and I have a very special guest with me this here time, and that is my lovely, my one and only, my firstborn and her only born, Mahalia Joy White Hodge. What's going on? Well, yeah, we're here with the pets. We Nika's are. He, Nika's here. Scooter's here. Nika's, of course, is like. I yes, <laughs> All right, yep. being crazy mm. as her crazy self. Nika is here. Yep, she is a crazy cat. I tell you, she is, but she's a good hunter. Yeah, we have like we don't need an exterminator anymore because we have mice in our house. Exactly. We have three sitting here in our house, and she's one. Of, she's like our top exterminator. Yeah, I know. Oh, you I see know. this tail hanging out of her mouth. Exactly, and you can hear Scooter in the background. He is. He's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. Hunting for mice. Hunting for mice. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So, Mahalia, tell us, for the people who are listening right now, what um, what grade are you in? So, I'm in fifth grade, Miss Ficus class. Uh-huh. There's currently 20 people, but two people left. Okay. Because Diana had to go because she was moving, and Amari had to go. Okay. Because, you know, they were moving, too. So. Okay. I mean, it's the math class is really boring. Yeah. Practically everything is boring. We have like this like inch thick pack thing of like homework each day. It's wow. Just like, ugh. Oh my goodness. And what what makes that so boring? What's 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 so boring about that? She doesn't make it fun because literally the whole time. Oh hi Nika. And then literally the whole time she it, all she does is just talk about math. I'm like yeah. We get the point already. She makes she goes into like really deep detail. Okay. And so you're just kind of like done with being bored with math. Yeah. I'm just like. I'm, no. And and Bye. but but don't you like math? What's your favorite subject? Horses. Horses. Equine you take, studies. Equine studies. Well, tell me about equines. What what do we need to know about horses? Where where do they come from? Are they aliens? Uh, Are they superior beings to us? Okay. No. First no. of all, no. No. Oh, oh gosh, this cat. I know. I know. It's hard <laughs> to stay focused, but it's all good. Yeah. And well. Their scientific name is Equus Calibus. Uh huh. That's where the uh, Spanish name comes from. Calibus. Okay. Uh huh. Like, is it caballo? Caballo. Caballo. Yeah, that's yeah, in that's Spanish. Like, yeah, it's that's where its name originates from. It's like from Spanish caballo. Uh huh. So that's its scientific name. And then uh, before they like originated from a four-toed ungulate. Okay. And they were as small as a fox. What? Yeah. A horse is as small as a fox? When was this? So this is uh, like four million years ago. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Well, that was a few years before I was born. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dad. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> wow. Well. Uh-huh. And then, then they started, like, emerging to actual horses, like what, what we know today. And, like, there still are some horses that... There's no truly wild horse. Except, really? Except for the Pilwalski's horse. So, okay, so like horses out in Wyoming and the Dakotas and all that, they're just out in the They're not wild? No, they're technically speaking, they're not wild. They're just really? stray. Oh. 
They mm. like some of them are like domesticated, uh-huh. but they're not wild. They were like, okay, so basically the Spanish kept them, uh-huh. the Mustangs, uh-huh. and then they were and then they escaped. Yeah, so that's how they got out there, and then they started, you know, like reproducing and stuff like that. Wow. So wow. Okay. Um. Gee whiz. So the Spaniards, these Spaniards, and they kept them. And then what kind were they? What, like, what, what was the species? Like, so they first kept, like, Andalusians, Arabians, mm-hmm. Mustangs. Mm-hmm. They kept, like, the oldest breeds, like, Alakatikis and Arabians were some, like, the oldest breeds. Like, literally the oldest breeds. And they founded, well, the Arabian founded basically all of the breeds that we know today. Yeah. Like. Because they were one of the first horses, like, actual breeds of horses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they they made their horse breeds because they, like, crossbreed them, and they're like, oh. oh, that's a breed. Wow. Man, so what, why horses? I mean, like, why not, like, I don't know, armadillos or, like, horned lizards or uh, Komodo dragons? First of all, we don't live in Texas. Oh, what? We don't? No. Oh, and yes. well, thankfully. <laughs> Defending your hometown. Hey, I, there's some good places in Texas, but where I grew up was ooh, crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from mm. all the stories you told me, that yeah, I don't know. Buy a belt and stuff like oh, that. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there was a couple of belts involved. <laughs> so anyway, so why horses? You were telling me why oh, horses and well, not like parakeets. Well, first of all, because you can ride them. Mm-hmm. They're a sport. They're very nice. Yeah. Like. They're very gentle. They're big. I like big animals. They are big. I give you that. I mean, I know Apollo is like big. He's actually quite small. Really? The, horses there. Oh my. the tallest horse is Narnia, Loki, uh-huh. all the horses in the forest all. Well, so, okay, so people who listen, they ain't going to know who these, these now, now, what? who are these horses and where, where are they at? Okay, so I ride at Double J Riding Club, and I help there all the time. So Loki, he's a thoroughbred. He used to race okay. for about five years, and yeah. he's around, so he's like 14 hands high, and if you don't know what that means, like a hand is four inches, Yeah. so it's basically 14 times four. Wow. That's how many inches tall he is. Jeez. And it's not, you know... Some hands are four inches. Like yeah. You don't measure it by, like, human hands. You have mm-hmm. to measure it by four inches because, you know, not all hands are four inches. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then Narnia, he's uh-huh. Haley's horse, who's the owner. Uh-huh. Well, she's not the owner, but she's, like, so Cindy, that's Cindy's daughter. Yeah. So she owns Narnia. He's pretty big. But uh-huh. right now. Yeah. He's, like, off. He's lame. Lame yeah. means, like, he has either an abscess. Well, he has an abscess in his hoof. Okay. So he can't really walk that well. Ooh, that so doesn't. He has to stay in his stall. Gee whiz, that doesn't he, sound good. Yeah. So then they have to like wrap the foot. But right now he's doing better. Yeah. So. Well, and yeah. so so Double J uh, Ranch Riding Club, and you like it there? Yeah, I stay there for like I don't know four or five hours on end. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can attest to that. I know this summer you stayed there all day. Ooh, doggies. Yes, you did. And then, like, I, well, they have camp there, so I had to walk around in circles. And then I had to control the horse. Uh-huh. And then there's this guy named Captain. Captain. And you can imagine how big he is, hence the name. Captain. <laughs> now, this is a guy or a horse? It, or a guy horse? It's a guy horse. Oh, He's a um, okay. gelding. Ooh, a gelding okay. means that you probably know what a stallion is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the black stallion. Yeah, stallion is a horse that's not neutered. Okay. It's a boy, though. Okay. A mayor. We can get into that later. Okay. But a, stallion, a mayor? So this is not like the mayor of the town, right? No. Oh, I just want to be, I'm just <laughs> trying to be clear here. But the mayor, usually in herds, does control the whole herd. Okay. Usually. Not the stallion, surprisingly. Yeah. She controls. She stays at the back, but she still controls most of the herd. She controls where to graze, where to eat. But the stallion mostly, like, guides them, basically. Wow. But, okay, and then a gelding is a horse that, it's a boy horse that is neutered. Okay. And then a filly is a young girl horse. And then there's two different, there's not really a scientific name for a uh, a girl horse. Really? That is spayed. Oh. You just call him a mare. Okay. All right. So there's like, when 
someone says, oh, yeah, I have, like, two mirrors, I'm like, okay, which type? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. are they spit or are they not? Yeah, yeah. So it's just, like, they just call them mares, but, yeah. And so with these horses and whatnot, how, well, for example, how long does a baby horse stay in the mama horse belly? Nine months to a year. Nine months to a year. So their gestation is almost around like humans then, right? Yeah, but usually it's around a year, 11 months, something like that. Mm -hmm. But like some are nine months, something like that. Okay. So yeah, it's like, it's like a humans. Okay. But they start off really small. Like I have a book. Yeah. Where it has like the embryo and it's Uh like literally two inches. Whoa. Two inches of an embryo? Yeah. I mean, they start off tiny. Wow. Um, okay. So then I got another question then. So with that, um, what, so how many, and and can they have twins? Can they have triplets or is it just like one at a time? So it's usually, they usually have one. It's kind of like cows. If you know that usually the second one dies. Oh, sometimes. And like, if they're twins, that's great. But usually if you want them to be twins, you can like have one, then yeah, have the same horse and same stallion and breed them again. Okay, and then they technically breed brother and sister because they'd be from the same dad and same mom. Got it. Got like, it. It's kind of odd to see two twins in a horse. Okay, so then tell me about like racing horses. Then what about those? What kind of those and what thoroughbred horses? Okay, they run up to. Forty miles per hour. Oh my goodness, that's pretty fast. It's faster than I can walk. Oh my gosh, dead. Yeah. And then. Well, it is. Well, and then I don't know how to convert that into kilometers. I'm not into that yet. Oh, you're not into the British system. No. And then. Okay. Yeah. I think the fastest horse is around fifty miles, fifty-five miles an hour. Wow, fifty-five miles. What? Wait a minute. Fifty-five miles an hour. Is that like on a daily, or is that like a record? Some horses have that as a daily. She lives in heaven. Once you get them going, yeah. yeah. Like, they, I mean, the races have to be trained. They're not just like, I mean, they're they're like, they're like from another racing horse, so mm-hmm. they have like that instinct in them. Yeah. But you still have to train them to do it. You can't just be like, oh, go run forty miles per hour. I'm not gonna train you. <laughs> and so, so okay, all right, all right. So at Double J, then, so what do you do at Double J? So. so- I, so I jump. Uh-huh. I usually ride Cleo or Apollo. Okay. And Cleo's my favorite horse. I have I three know. stuffed animals of her. <laughs> yeah. And like my calendar, I put just Cleo, 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 Cleo oh the whole time God. around. So goodness, Cleo. Yeah, she's she's a favorite of yours, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Technically speaking, I have four, but one's lost. So oh, yes. you know. <laughs> We don't know what happened to that. Yes. It's kind of like puppy, right? Yeah, poor puppy. Poor puppy. Puppy, puppy. Um, Not a real puppy, y'all. For yeah. those of you listening, it was just a stuffed animal. It's a stuffed animal. Um, And so, I mean, I've never, I mean, I've ridden horses, yeah. but I've always ridden Western. I've uh, never ridden English. This is what you ride, right? Yeah, I ride English. Okay, there's like, mm-hmm. we can get into all the saddles. Yeah, I mean, I only okay. thought there were two saddles. Nope. I thought there was Western and English. That... No, it's Western, oh. English, endurance, oh, racing, fourth seat oh, jumping. Dear Lord. Uh, regular old English, regular old Western. What? There's a rodeo one uh-huh. without the horn. And yeah, that's it. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. I've only ridden the Western one, at least where I put my hand on the little, little bar that's on there. It's a horn. A horn. That's okay, where so that's so where the cowboys put their wrong. lasso. Oh, the cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. No, like because <laughs> it's like yeah. Sorry for those of you just listening. You can't see this cat biting my hand. <laughs> she's very prissy. Yeah, she's a prissy cat. All right, she's lucky. She's cute. All right, <laughs> so will the so you ride and so you don't do western well no because it's very uncomfortable and you can't jump in western because it has a big old thing so tell me about yeah. jumping then what 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 about jumping is so fun because that would like scare the the bagoobers out of me um well mm-hmm. jumping's fun because i like jumping yeah personally i jump the dogs i jump the cats sure but but like, like i get that i mean yeah. come on I mean, so but what about jumping like what what is it i mean do you like, like the thrill do you like yeah, flying in the air with a horse yeah i like the thrill i mean once you get like the right shot mm-hmm. it looks 
great and I like just yeah it just feels like oh my gosh this is so fun mm-hmm. once you jump high yeah like I've jumped high before okay like two foot high okay so it, it's like really fun it's just like thrilling it's really fun okay all right so it's thrilling it's fun and then what are some of the skills can anybody off the street just jump go in there and just start jumping three four feet up in the high in the air or? okay first of all there's uh, low beginner beginner oh, high beginner oh. low intermediate intermediate high intermediate jeez inner advanced and in advanced wow it's kind of like the, the settings of eq on a mixing board yeah so it's like it's basically beginner, intermediate, advanced. Okay. So I'm an intermediate jumping. Uh-huh. And basically we jump around two foot and uh-huh. then advanced jumping, they jump like on a daily basis, like wow. two foot. And you were recently in a competition. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can you tell us about that? Okay. Well, I wrote Apollo. Uh-huh. Uh, I won. Whoa. You won. You took... What was it? First place? Yeah, first place. First place, y'all. Can y'all believe that? First place. My baby got first place. Ha, <laughs> All right. We can gloat, right? Yeah. Can we gloat? I don't know. I don't know. What, you're, what was that? Can mean? we brag about first place? Yeah, sure. Go. Oh, no way. You, you won. <laughs> you well, won. Um, I like literally, so there's this girl, Paige. Mm-hmm. Sage. I don't, I don't know her name. Paige? Sage? Sage. I, I, I don't know. Paige? No. Maybe just, it's Nicolas Cage? I don't, I don't know. Okay. So, like, right. she's, like, been really rude to me mm. now. Oh, oh, dear. Is this, this bossy pants? Yes. No, it's not bossy. <laughs> no, it's not bossy pants. No, not bossy pants. No. Was this the rude one? Yeah. The one who set you up the other day? Yeah, so she blamed me for oh, doing something. Man, it was drama, y'all. Like, so, she blamed me for feeding overfeeding the horses. Yeah. She overfed the horses. Uh-huh. I, of course, wouldn't overfeed the horses because they could choke on and die on the hay. Oh, yeah. You know, it's hey. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she blamed me, but she did it. She did it, didn't yeah, she? she? Yeah, did she did set it. you up. So then in the show, uh-huh. the whole time uh-huh. I was thinking like, ha, because you got sixth, like, yeah. sixth uh-huh. and second. Oh, man. I tell you. Wait, she got second? Yeah. Okay. What did she get second in? Jumping. Oh, wait. Yeah. I thought you got first in jumping. Yeah, I got first in jumping. So there's yeah. two things: a flat work, mm-hmm. which was no obstacle course. Okay. And then, like, I got second in that. Okay. Like, usually that I don't give like, two like awards, like two first place. Uh huh. Because they they don't want to spread it out so other people can have first place too. Yeah. You know, so like. It, you know, I might have gotten first place in both. No, oh. you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. She gave it oh, yeah. to. They gave it to another person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess they just gave me first place in jumping. Yeah. Because like all the other girls were like, the horses were tripping. One almost fell off. Oh my dear lord. Pixie was bucking. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, wow. Okay. And so you won first place, and yeah. you this was jumping, and you beat uh, Nasty Girl. Yeah. And the whole oh, time I was like, ah. Nasty Girl. Oh, my goodness. Were you really saying that? In oh, my man. head. Oh, in your head. All yeah, right. I was well, like. Uh. That's what counts. <laughs> right? And then, like, and then she was looking at me, like, mm-hmm. all sassy, like. And yeah. And I was like, no, she, like, smiled at me, like, uh. No. Oh. <laughs> and then I was like. In my mind, I'm like, good luck. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then, and probably in her mind, she was like, good luck. And then, oh man, she was probably like, I want to beat you. Man, like she's like really showy. Yeah, but the thing is, she can't ride. Oh dear. No, I'm not kidding, Miss Kathy. I believe you. Miss Kathy is always like, she's my trainer. She's yeah. always like, sit up, heels down, all that. And then, like the whole time when I'm riding, she's like, good job, good job. Wow. And then, like, like. It's like she has like the showiest tack. Mm-hmm. Tack is like saddle, yeah, stuff like that. And then like she, it's just like is showy that doesn't matter. It's like how you can ride. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. Wow, you've got uh, quite the quite the story there. Yeah. With the horses and drama and the high stables and everything too. Yeah. <laughs> Man alive. Have you ever fallen off a horse? Yeah, just once. His name was Jet. I was trying to canter mm-hmm. for my first time and I fell off of him because I lost my stirrup. Oh man, my goodness. And for those of us who are ignorant of equine studies, what is cantering? Oh boy, how do I explain this? Yeah, so, yeah. 
You guys probably know what a gallop is. Well, yes, most people do, I'd imagine. So, like, it's a little bit slower okay. than a gallop. It right. looks like a gallop. You mistake it for a gallop. Mm-hmm. But it's because in a gallop, horses pick all four feet off the ground at uh-huh. one point. At yeah. canter, they don't, but they still have, like, the same type of, like, rhythm. Okay. Okay. So... That's, like, the thing with it. It's, like, it looks like a gallop. It's just, like, they don't pick up all four feet off the ground. Okay. All right. All right. That's cool. That's cool. And what else do you want people out there to know about you, Miss Mahalia Joy White Hodge? Well, like, everyone gets annoyed at me because I talk about horses all the time. Oh. Literally, they're all like, stop talking about it. No, you don't annoy me talking about horses. Yeah, because you're my dad, so you Uh can't get annoyed. Oh. Okay. And, like, it's, like, it. People call it like it's not a sport. Like it's not a sport. All the, the horse does all the work. I'm like, you should see my face after yeah. I ride. Yeah, <laughs> you should see her face. Yeah, after so, she rides. Yeah, yeah. It's brown. No, it's like dad. Browner. Dad. What? Oh, well, you're brown. It's like right? pink. Oh, pink. Okay. All right. It's like yeah. Well, it is a sport. I mean, it's in the Olympics. Yeah. Like you can just tell them that. It's in the Olympics. They'll probably like, yeah, I totally. And you can say, so there. It's in the Olympics. People get bronze medals for it. it I call it bronies. Bronies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, at first, when I saw it, I was like, she won bronies. And then you uh-huh. started cracking up. I'm like, what? Is yeah, it bronies? That was pretty funny. Yeah, but and then you were like, it's bronze. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, it looks like bronies, though. It kind of does look like bronies. Maybe we should <laughs> rename it bronies. I know. Well, it's like, the first time I said bronze, I'm like, ah. Uh, oh, oh, the cat is attacking the microphone cord now. <laughs> Gee whiz, I tell you. Well, Mahalia Joy White-Hodge, this has been good. Uh, anything else cat. you want people to know about you? Man, this cat is just going nuts. Sorry, guys. Well, we have six cats. I mean, I'm sorry, six, six pets. Cats. Six pets. Oh, three Lord. cats, two dogs, and Woo. a rabbit. Okay. A rabbit. Yeah. Okay, so our rabbit, if you guys know about Botfly. Botfly yes. larva. Yes, uh-huh. If you watch Monster Sunny, you might know it. Botfly larva is like this maggot that, okay, you, you if you have a strong stomach, uh-huh. keep on listening. If you don't, just tune off. Right okay. Now. And like, <laughs> um, so the bot, right? The botfly larva. Yeah. Like, basically. <laughs> All right, let me get to I take this cat. <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. Okay, and then the botfly, basically, what it does is it burrows into a mammal skin, only mammals. Uh huh. Into a mammal skin, and then it starts eating them alive. It starts yeah. attacking, like their blood cells and stuff like that. It eats all that, and then it's like escapes from the hole. So yeah. it burrows into a hole. Like they make a hole. Usually they're in like the arms, the scalp, stuff like that. Like there has been. There we go. Okay, and there has been one recording of. A dude with capybara, like botfly, and you know where. <laughs> and where? You know where. I don't know where. There's been a recording of what? A dude has it, and you know where? Yeah. Where? Huh? <laughs> where? <laughs> In his nose? No. In his thigh? No. His buttocks? Close there. Close there? Yeah. In his butt crack? No. Oh, no. What, uh,. What, where, what else could it be? The front part. The front part? <laughs> so his chest? Oh my gosh. I know. Front down part. Front down part. Where, like his foot, his ankle? Oh my gosh. His wee wee? Yes. Oh my goodness, his wee wee. Okay. So yeah, like, it's pretty nasty because we have to pull it out of the rabbit. Yeah. Like, literally, it's hard to pull out, too, because they have these barbs. So They, they do keep, have barbs, yeah. So they have barbs that keep some from you pulling it out. Yeah. So it's just like, ugh. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. Mom was about to, my mom was about to throw up, but she yeah. didn't. Yeah, that was pretty rough. So, yeah. Man, that's crazy. So, yes, we have a rabbit. We have three cats. And two dogs. Yeah, and two dogs. Chester's a sporty. Yep. He likes jumping. Yep. He's jumped. Three foot? I forget. Yeah, no. He's, he's jumped around three foot. He has, I know. He's he's pretty spunky. I love his... And then Scooter's jump. It's hilarious. He he's is. a ball chaser. He is a ball chaser. You're absolutely Gigi, right. She's really playful. She's our newest addition. Yeah. Nika, she jumps really high. So we have this gate 
to keep the dogs from going like into the other living room. Right. She can ju- she can hop that. Her and Greta chase each other and they go back and forth. Yeah. Greta has a really hard landing though. She's like all you hear is like. <laughs> she does have a hard landing. You're right. It's like really hard. Wow, man. So we do have a house full of pets. And I have to feed them. You do? Yeah, that's good. It's good. Responsibilities are good. Yeah. Chores are good, right? No. Oh my goodness. Well, Mahalia Joy, thank you for coming on Profane Faith. Well, uh, hello, I'm in this house. I know you're in this house. Except I'm like in theater. Yeah, you are. Okay, so I'm in the play Shrek. Oh, so yes. I got cast as Donkey. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to have you back on when you get done with the play, and yeah. then we'll have you back on to talk about the play. Yeah. And you being Donkey in Shrek. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being you and being who you are. Uh, well, I can't really be anybody else because I'm like. You're right. Okay, okay. You're absolutely yeah. right. Okay. Any last words for everybody? Um, go to the ASPCA and adopt a cat. There you go. Or Good dog. last words. Or dog. Or, or something. Or something. Just, yes. Uh, yeah. Adopt something. A desk. <laughs> a person. A mouse. And then if you have a cat, terrorize it. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like Mika. Oh, goodness. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. <laughs> what y'all think what y'all think i told you she, she was on point did you hear did you check her out <laughs> y'all that's my daughter um and thanks for listening because you know i know sometimes it's like oh man they're putting their kids on now good night <laughs> but you know what she has a lot of really interesting things to say as you could tell um and she's deep i mean she'll just be asking questions about the cosmos and god and what about this and what about that and that's what i really most love about our times on friday like i said at the in the introduction um you know fridays are a date time and, and you know the thing about it is and when i meet miss friday we'll actually go and make up the day like when i got back from aar i had missed that friday but when i got back that tuesday i picked her up from school and guess what we went on our date we went and hung out and um you know so usually it's dinner and a movie we go to our favorite little mexican restaurant probably honestly folks it's one of the best mexican restaurants here in the city of chicago i miss my mexican food in los angeles and so this case is called la parita and uh you know she actually went there with a friend and she got me and i'm hooked i mean this is really good food and so we go there hang out talk and really i just let the conversation just be organic um there's nothing really planned i don't go in with like okay tell me about this and the bird i'm gonna have this conversation about the birds and the bees and it's just like yeah no we're just gonna go in she'll tell me about her day she'll tell me about you know, how she's feeling about, you know, and, and, you know, it's interesting because she'll give two different accounts of her day to Emily, her mom and me. And I always find that interesting. Right. And, you know, I'm still trying to put together the dynamics between a daughter and mother. Um, you know, I'm trying to strip away uh, kind of the heteronormative, um, really the worldviews that we have that really are patriarchal and really demeaning to women as it pertains to, right. You know, the differences between men and women, I do think there are differences. Absolutely. Um, and I do think there are a lot of social construct structural differences that exist. Um, I do believe gender is, you know, socially constructed. Uh, you know, one person said, you know, the minute you're born and they slap you on the butt and they say it's a boy, it's a girl. That's when gender begins. And so I do believe that. Um, and so it's been interesting, you know, walking her through like, you know, we had dinner with a friend who's gay and he's talking about his partner. And she was like, well, dad, who's, who's he talking about? I said, oh, his boyfriend. And she's like, oh, OK. You know, it's just kind of like, right. It's just kind of like, oh, OK, no problem. I just wanted to know, you know, one of her good friends, you know, uh, has two gay dads as well. And so um, I think that's great. And so she's growing up in a different environment. Um, she's growing up in a world. If you listen, especially if you listen to my story, which if you haven't, it's episode one of the podcast. Um, you know, you already know I went through some crazy stuff, but just just by the matter of her being in this family, she hasn't had to go through any of that. You know what I'm saying? She hasn't had to walk past dead bodies. She hasn't been called the N-word. She hasn't been, you know, called. I mean, she's got her own struggles. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's not like, you know, things are just on easy street right now. She's going through stuff right now that I never even had to think about. Right. But to think about where she's at and to think about just what is impacting her right now um, is powerful because 
again, as a kid, you know, there was no internet. It was, it was books that, you know, maybe some Atari, uh, growing up, I had 13 channels, really, you know, 11, um, channels that all went out. Most of them all went out, uh, at midnight. Um, you know, I remember we got HBO maybe when I was like, it was like 84, 85, you know, so I was like a 10 or 11 years old. Um, <clears throat> you know, the fact that she, has access to all these shows. The fact that she is in a different environment, the fact that she can look at a digital camera and know that it is a digital camera, has no idea what film is, right? And, you know, I know every generation, I always think back to, here's the thing, I always think back to that conversation that it was on The Breakfast Club. And I know that's pretty cliche, but I'm, I'm just going to bring it up because I think one of the conversations that the principal was having, or the assistant principal, right, was having with the janitor. And he was like, man, I fear the future, right? Because these are the people that are going to be in charge when I'm getting to retire. I don't fear the future. Well, I, well, I, I do have some hesitation about the future, but not for that reason. Um, the reason I don't fear or concern is because I think there are some great things that are in place right now. I'm hopeful that this generation will, will and when I say this generation, I'm particularly those born after the year 2002. Um, that's what I mean. It's, it's difficult to really name what that generation you want to call it. Gen Y, Gen Z. Um, Gen Y is really 90s, you know, mid 90s. Gen Z is now kind of in the 2000s. You know, my daughter was born in 2006 at a time when, you know, Facebook was just a few years old, uh, Twitter was just barely getting up and going, you know, we were just getting into internet. What is it? 2.0 and all that, you know, and, you know, in high, you know, speed capacity, you know, um, uh, internet. I mean, just, just the way we look at media and consume that was just, it was a time of growth and development. Right. And at a time when the, the world was becoming fully digitized and now we're fully digitized, right. We are in a place where, I'm going to do more of podcasting about this because, you know, a course I'm teaching in the spring is media theory. And so we're going to be going right through this and like understanding what is the history of media in this country? How do we understand media beyond the scope of beyond the scope and reaches of what comes out of a screen or a, a, a monitor? Um, and so she's growing up in that world. I mean, she's growing up with likes. And the other day she was, you know, shooting this little video. She loves shooting videos. She loves shooting selfies, right? Um, and I always wonder as a parent, like, how much of that is socially constructed? But anyways, she was shooting these videos, you know, and then at the end she was like, all right, don't forget to like, don't forget to uh, follow. And I'm just like, wait a minute, or subscribe. I was like, wait a minute. So she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be uploading this. And I'm like, well, first of all, you ain't got no social media account. But I'm just like, hey. She already, you know, picking up. It's just like, okay, like, follows, all these things, right? I'm like, man. And again, on one end, it's like, that's great. That's awesome. And on the other side, it's like, man, that's some scary stuff because there's cyberbullying. There, you know, there's all kind of predators out there um, in terms of just um, folks who like little kids. Um, my daughter's beautiful. She's young. And so she could get snatched up that way quick. You know, you try not to go there. But at the same time, again, it, it's... The concerns I have, and I don't want to put this like in a fear, like, oh, I'm going to keep my daughter in the basement locked up until she's like, you know, 44. No, 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 nothing crazy like that. She's going to have to go out and experience the world on her own. But I do, as a father, think about that. As a father, I think about, okay, if I'm stripping back, and this is a daily thing for me, stripping back my own layers of masculinity, my own constructs of toxic masculinity, masculinity, um, uh, of how I see, of seen manhood done, of how I've seen fatherhood done, and reorganizing all that, recapitulating that into a worldview that would actually fit what my daughter needs, not what I think she needs, okay? Because a lot of people raise their kids off of what they think they need, what they saw, right? And so I had to break that down. Like, what does Mahalia actually need? How does she need to be raised? Not what I was told, not what I was taught. And dang sure, and this is no knock against my mom, but dang sure not the way I was raised because everybody is raised in an individual time, individual context, individual geographic location, individual time within the space-time continuum that just simply cannot be repeated. I can't raise my daughter the same way my parents raised me. You, you feel me? And that's not a knock on the way my mom, my mom did an amazing job raising me as a single mom you know, um, keeping me out of a lot of mess that I could have gotten into. I got into a lot of mess, but I could have been way worse, but we're not in that context anymore. And so what does that now mean for my daughter? So conversely, after saying all that, there's a high sense of entitlement that exists also. Um, and I know we hear that with millennials. I know we hear that with a lot of these generation, but it's just like, you know, it, there's this, this sense of like, well, I, I should deserve that. I should get that. I should, you know, why, why do I have to do chores and why do I have to do this? So while I, app 
appreciate the inquiry. I think particularly as a young woman, you're going to have to learn how to really stick your nose in there and be like, no, why do I need to do this? And on the other end, it's just like, there are just certain things like, whoa, we're not going to, you know, and the household is like, we can be a little democracy, but at the end of the day, it's a dictatorship. You going to bed at a certain time, you doing your homework. That's not up for debate. That's not up for discussion. You're going to do chores. You're going to pick up after yourself. Right. And if not, there are going to be consequences. Now we can talk about those consequences, what those are going to mean. But at the end of the day, I don't believe in just, you know, letting kids just run around and just go crazy. Right. I don't mean, I don't think most parents do, but here's the thing. As we all know, kids don't come with manuals. And as parenting goes, there are a lot of different philosophies out there. A lot of different ways to look at, you know, parenting and how we look at, you know, raising kids and all that stuff. And so I don't know. I, I just I think it's important, at least for me, you know, and I'm giving you a worldview here of my own worldview of how I parent. But for me, it's about, you know, yes, there are some things that you're going to have to do. You know, and I try to remind her weekly, if not daily, like, you know, you are living a privileged life to have two parents highly educated. Right. Um, I didn't have that one. Um, two, I, you know, I didn't have, um, two parents in the home any, just to begin with period. Um, a lot of people haven't. And so I want you to know that this is not necessarily, you shouldn't just expect this everywhere. You know, so we have to have those conversations. And for me, so much of it is not just one conversation, but it's an ongoing thing because so much with this generation is it is about what they see and less about what they hear. And that has a lot of implications, particularly for church and, you know, preaching and sermonizing and, and, and for teachers, people like myself. Right. We can't just get up there and lecture. I have to experience it. I have to see it. So if it means my daughter has to make a mess by, you know, breaking something or spilling something uh, because I told her, OK, look, this is going to spill. But she has to experience it rather than being told. Sometimes that needs to happen. And I'm OK with that. I'm OK with the bumps and scrapes and bruises in life. Um, not that you want to put them in those situations. I'm not the type of parent that says, oh, okay, you know, you're going to go out there and fight that, you know, whatever. And then if you lose, you're going to have to come home and fight me. No, 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 no. I ain't talking about none of that. What I am talking about though, is that beginning to really chip away at that entitlement, because there is a sense of like, well, I deserve this. <laughs> right. It's a sense that I, I should just, I should just be handed this because, you know, fill in the blank because, you know, I mean, we had a, a discussion right the other night with, you know, because we each one of her chores is to uh, clean out all the kitty litters. And so I, you know, she did that. That was great. Um, but then they got failed again. Cats poop. Right. <laughs> and so we were like, all right, um, can you do that again? Because that's your chore. She's like, well, I've already did it. And I'm like, I know, I know you did it. You did a great job the first time, but you know what? They need it again. Well, but I already did that. You're right. And she wants to have these you know, conversations. Right. And so how do you negotiate that without going off the handle? Um, without, you know, being rude, but at the same time being stern, because I, what I've found is that a lot of times kids just push and push and push and push and they find the weak spot. My grandmother used to call it a lao flaco. You know, once they find a lao flaco, that's it. Once they know the easy way to get in, they're going to keep pushing. And so it's about being determined. <laughs> and, and is it a hill that I want to die on? And like for this one, like, yes, absolutely. We all have our chores. This is one of them that you got to do. Yes, you do it once a week, but you know what? Honestly, they need to be done every day. And so it's walking them through that. And again, just living it and living it. And, um, you know, and at the same time, the same day, you know, the kid gets up in church and says, you know, what are you thankful for? Kid says, man, I'm thankful for my dad's cooking. And then I got a chance to eat it. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, that's great. Right. So there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot that goes in on parenting. There's a lot that goes in on parenting. I've I've had the privilege of raising boys, um, not biologically mine, but nonetheless. And so there's a difference in raising boys and, and, and young girls um, and especially all the stuff that young ladies are faced with. I'm telling you that patriarchy starts young, y'all. It starts really, really young for young boys, and then it's enacted on the playground, in the classroom, or when they're in line, in the cafeteria. And so it's helping break some of those things down. And, and I thank God, you know, that I have uh, Emily to help me with this and to help along with that, you know, especially now that puberty and all those great things are kicking in. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't shy away from any of that stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have the same gear downstairs that she has. And so... Um, you know, I went through my own puberty as a boy. I was able to help the young men, right? Like, all right, boys, when you pee, you can't pee on the wall. You can't pee on the toilet seat. You, get, you gotta make it in the dang bowl, right? Cause man, I tell you, man, oh my gosh, raising boys, it's, it, it, you know, they just pee, pistols everywhere. And I'm like, look, brothers, 
you know, when I made it, finally made them start cleaning it up themselves, you know, that pee somehow magically made it in the bowl. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, parenting is, it is a full-time thing. And as we're seeing, we're seeing that this generation, you know, used to be, you know, kids 18, my generation, Gen X, we couldn't wait to leave home even though I didn't necessarily, right? I didn't actually, in all, in all honesty, y'all, I didn't even leave home. I stayed with my mom. I helped her. We were like financial partners. And so I didn't leave my mom right after um, high school and we stayed together. In fact, I didn't even leave until actually I got married. Um, and so that's an interesting trend. But th- I-, I was the anomaly in that sense because most of my friends couldn't wait to leave. Now you have students going back. You have kids coming back home after college, especially in this job market. So we are in for a major, 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 major shift as we think about work, as we think about employment, as we, especially as we think about taxes. Our tax code is not set up to handle people who have multiple jobs. And that's the average, right? By the time somebody turns 27, 28, they will have already had like four or five. That's the average four or five different careers. So how do you put that right into tax code? Tax code is designed for, you know, basic stuff. One job that you stay at for your whole career. And it's just an easy, simple little thing. We don't live in that era anymore, y'all. In fact, I think that era is dying out. You know, this is my third career. And I'm not no Gen Y. This is is my third career. I'm hoping it sticks. (laughs) Right? Especially as I get older. Because older folks just aren't necessarily always that demand in, in demand. My daughter's entering a world um, that is very, very, very unstable. You know, our complete and utter dependence on the electro- electronic grid. Um, the fact that the U.S. is under such a regime of a regime of hate and bigotry. Um, the fact that she is entering a time when women are starting starting to get some some more voice and gain some ground, but they have so many light years to catch up, even to the conversation on race. And race <laughs> is whoo. It's rough. You know, you've heard it on this show. So my prayer is that, man, can my daughter, you know, can she survive? Can she make it through these things? Um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, she gets because, you know, she's about to turn 11 and, you know, six, seven years and that's it. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be into the world. Sure, she may come back, but she'll come back as an adult. She'll come back as uh, well as a maturing adult, because, you know, most now research says adolescence doesn't even end until age 27, 28. And so, um, you know, she'll come back as a, as a maturing adult. But nonetheless, my deal was like, you know, she can always pull out the car like, Dad, I ain't a kid no more. I don't have to listen, you know, and she'll have every right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we'll try to do what you can do. Um, thanks for listening. I thank you guys for for checking this out. Again, I wanted to get my daughter on. Uh, she's amazing. Of course, you know, most parents think that their parents, their kids are amazing. I know, I know, I know. Um, but I'll get her back on, you know, uh, because I think, again, we, you know, we talk about some interesting things, you know, in regards to, again, just life and death, you know. And uh, she was around. She was pretty young when my grandmother, Dee Dee, died um, in 2009. But still, she was asking, like, well, where is Dee Dee at? Like, you said we we're going to go visit her, but now we're at the cemetery. And what are we doing? Like asking those questions. And that's the thing. Emily and I have not shied away. If she's ready to ask it, I feel like we're ready to have a conversation about it. And that's the way we looked at sex. That's the way we looked at death. All these things, right, that a lot of times parents shy away from. Because they go, oh, the kids aren't ready. If they're asking about it, they're ready. There's there's some there's some things. Now, you don't have to get into all the blood and glory and details of everything, right? But see where they're at. Gauge it. You know, and have those conversations. We got so many kids that are out here who have not had those real conversations, especially with their parents. And so I'm a big proponent of just, you know, going there, you know, because she's exposed to a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. And the thing about it is, as a parent, I'm not with her most of the day. She's with friends. She's in the classroom, you know, um, you know, she's out and about. And so I'm like, man, um, <laughs> you know, she's exposed to a lot. And we all know when we get around our friends, it's a different conversation than we have around our parents. You're right. If we keep it real. <laughs> so here I am as a parent putting it out there and just trying to figure out, you know, what does this look like? Um, having been raised in a very patriarchal fundamentalist uh, worldview of God, faith. Um, and then of course, with all that comes, um, you know, how men should act and how they should raise their family. And we're my wife and I, are, um, Emily and I are just not doing that, doing it that way. Um, and that's, uh, you know, those have this, has its challenges, but I, I, I accept those challenges because I do believe in the end, it's going to be well worth it. So that being said, 
Thank you guys for listening to Profane Faith. Thank you for chiming in again. As I always say, uh, go like us on uh, Facebook. We have a, a, a page, White Hodge Podcasts. Uh, you can also go to whitehodgepodcast.com or if you forget that address, whitehodge.com. Um, and, you know, we uh, we also are on iTunes and Google and Stitcher. And so uh, rate us, uh, give us a, a nice little review. Uh, if you like the podcast, if not, you know, holler back at your boy. Um, and again, just thank you. Thank you for our listeners that have been faithful. I know some folks have been listening to every episode. So thank you so much. Big shout out. Much love. Um, and especially at this point in time, you know, we're heading into the holiday season. So I'm excited to have some more conversations around that as well. So much love to y'all. Stay alive, stay woke. We'll see you next time. Peace.